Dangling After Dark with Dick Dangle, episode 439, contains guest host Madeline Ray, sex surveys, and an interview with the lovely Jenna Starr. Warning, this show is only for adults who like sex. Does your dick hang low? Does it dangle to and fro? Can you tie it in a knot? Can you tie it in a bow? (laughs) Don't worry. Dick will be coming. Welcome to the Covert Nation. Here he is. Dick Jangle. Dick Jangle. Hello, one and all, to Danglin' After Dark with Dick Dangle, episode 439. Welcome to the Pervert Nation. I am your host, Dick Dangle, and joining me for a second show in a row is the beautiful content creator who might be award-nominated in her work, because it is so amazing. She is on the pages of Hustler and on Hustler.com. She is everything you want in a fetish creator and more. It is the magnificent Madeline Ray. How are you doing? That intro was just full of energy and I'm jazzed. (laughs) I'm very jazzed. I'm sorry if they came out flat. Hold on. Yeah. I had something in my throat, and I was afraid if easy, I said too much, it was going to... Easy. I was going <coughs> to... That introduction really jazzed me up. <laughs> that's what, it's, I'm not going to lie. That's kind of what it sounded like. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I love... But like I said, I was... As I was speaking, I could feel like the thing in my throat. Uh, and I was yeah. like, oh, I'm going to have to clear it. I'm just going to, I'm going to talk. So. Nothing worse than feeling that thing in your throat. I know. It's the worst. Gross. <laughs> I kind of want to do the whole show like that now, though. You just want me to be a monotone robot the whole time? Pervert nation. Oh my god, it reminds me of something my dad used to listen to on the way to school, like, like on the AM it, channel. Yeah, like NPR. <laughs> oh god. Welcome to Dangling <laughs> After Dark with Dick Dangle. I hope you are ready for hijinks and shenanigans as we talk about sex in the adult industry. <laughs> I might have to have some fun with that. I am writing it down. If there's going to be a YouTube video, it is me doing this show as a host from NPR. (laughs) Oh, the list of things that I need to create and actually get the ball rolling on. It's unreal. Welcome to my world. I feel that. I can't even imagine. Most of my stuff is more strictly creative just to Mm -hmm. kind of get stuff out of my brain yours is what you need to create because one you're in demand but it is your product it is your job 
I do this out of the goodness of my heart. It's not a job. Wow. <laughs> JK, all right. So let don't me. Don't anybody think that. That's right. So let me talk about all the things I want you to do on video for me. So what? Uh, okay. <laughs> I have a foot. I have a foot. That's oh, and a wait. hand. Slow down. Foot hand. Slow down. And I'm done. Perfect. <laughs> scrunchy, scrunchy. <laughs> so with this episode, not only do you get an article that Madeline Ray and I are going to talk about, but you are also going to get an interview with Jenna Starr. So we are going to talk about that at the end of the first half Interviews in the second half, it is going to be a thing. I think we are all going to have fun with this episode for sure. This article is actually information to wrap up 2021, but it has just come across my timeline in the last month or so. And when I saw it, I thought to myself, I have got to bring this to Madeline Ray because it is just Full of little nuggets of information, <laughs> and I'm happy to bring said nuggets to Pervert Nation. This is from BespokeSurgical.com. Oh, buddy. Right? Can we say legit? I'm excited. Right. What is this? America's favorite sex positions. Okay. All right. With the sheer number of exhilarating positions that exist in the world, there are 64 in the Kama Sutra alone. Mm. Which are the ones Americans covet most? In an effort to answer this question and more, Bespoke surveyed 1,000 Americans across demographics and all 50 states to uncover America's ultimate preferred sex positions. So, not only do they cover sex positions, but they also cover toys, props. I don't know if that means like airplanes or, or oh, sorry, and settings for sex. Hmm. Settings. Interesting. Props and settings. Props and set- <laughs> See, this is very NPR ish, right? We are going hmm. to get into the props and settings. Of your favorite. Stop. (laughs) All right, I'm done. I'm done. For respondents who identify as straight, doggy style at 26%, Mm -hmm. missionary at 21%, and Mm -hmm. cowboy cowgirl are the top three preferred sex positions. For those respondents who identified as gay or lesbian, Mm -hmm. the lotus position was their favorite sex position with 25%. So the lotus is when someone is seated and the person is in their lap, followed by doggy style with 16%, Mm -hmm. cowboy cowgirl at 13%, bodyguard at 11%. What is that? Is that like behind on the side? Is that like yes. choking them out? Like, okay. right. Yeah. We got in a rear naked choke. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately what my brain went to. That doesn't surprise me. And, <laughs> and flat iron with 9%. So the only thing that I can imagine that being is 
having the person face down flat and the other person on top of them flat. Okay. I don't know. I just thought of breakfast. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, how do we do this one? Flat iron or, or the hair iron? Oh, there you go. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not familiar with flat iron. There are so many names for every sex position. It is yeah. outrageous, and there's no way to remember them all. <laughs> now, preferred toys, props, and settings for sex. This, <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like it's gearing up to be like solving Clue. Like it was the dildo <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> With the Lotus or something. Oh, very nice. I was wondering how you're going to end that. Yeah. <laughs> you're not wrong. So let's see if we can come up with a couple. Other than a bed, okay. the favorite place to have sex, 33%, the shower. Come on. Danger zone. Come on. I don't believe that for a second. Number two with 25%, a chair. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, okay. All right. I guess all right. it depends so is on Is it a regular chair or is it a recliner? Does it rock? Does it swivel? Is it wide or is it like your dinner table? Like your your yeah. dining room chair? Yeah. I need details. Yes. Next, <laughs> a tabletop. Okay. Simple enough. Mm-hmm. Kind of unimaginable. Chair. Right. Behind that, haha, mm-hmm. countertop. Meh. Are these people just in the kitchen? <laughs> oh, they got done with dinner and they just started from there and they're all over the place? Yeah, they just watch the Food Network or home improvement shows. Yeah. And masturbate. Then they make the connection and just have sex on these things. Pool or hot tub is next, which is okay. single handedly one of the worst places to have sex. Stairs, underrated. I like stairs. Okay. okay. Outdoor patio. Okay. And the last one, washer or dryer. What the fuck happened to the couch? Right. <laughs> now, my thing with this, there's no way two people are fitting in a washer or dryer. Oh, what if it? What if they're the stacked ones? <laughs> You know, you got someone at the bottom, the other one's in the top. That's right. I'm getting really hot. I'm drowning. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, of course, they meet on top of it. But another one, I think because of the proliferation of this urban legend in movies, I can quite honestly think of one scene that I've seen in my entire life that it was two women and they Mm -hmm. were on... I think it was a dryer. I don't even think it was a washer like during the spin cycle because it vibrates. Mm-hmm. I think I've only watched one scene that I thought like, man, that is hot. Most of it is just like the logistics are very difficult mm-hmm. because the top of a washer dryer are really high. Mm. So I don't know how much I buy into this. But which toys or props are your favorite to use while having sex with your partner? Do you want to go top to bottom or bottom to top? Bottom to top? All right. With just over 2%, a sex swing. Okay. Also underrated, but please, if there is one time where quality is important, so it is worth mm. it to pay 
for a more <laughs> heavy duty device. It is getting a yeah. better sex swing. They have ones that just hang over your door, which depending on the door, you are going mm-hmm. to break. <laughs> so it is worth it to just put an eye bolt into the ceiling, into a joist, and hang it from that. <laughs> and get a good one so the nylon doesn't shred and you end up with someone that has a concussion and dislocated hips. <laughs> Just under 10% rings and slings, which sounds like an awesome name for a sex store. So I Ring, would imagine they sling? mean cock rings, but I'm not sure what they mean by slings. Maybe... Yeah, I immediately thought like broken arm. Right, which is a fetish. I guess. Yes, yes, yes. Also, just under 10%, anal plugs and beads. Kind of thought that would have been a little higher. But this is asking for the favorite. So that may be something Mm. that people dabble in, but Mm -hmm. they haven't really grown to enjoy. At just under 12%, cuffs. So handcuffs. (laughs) Easy enough. Okay. 13% 13% dildos. Dildos. <laughs> 17% other. Excuse me? Do they mean ball gags? Do they mean floggers? What do they mean? There is a lot that can go into this. It's like when you're reading the ingredients on something <laughs> and it just says added spices and you're like, bitch, I want to know what the spice blend right. is. Why, why can I not have the details? Right, exactly. Please? Do they mean scented and flavored lotions or do they mean a sex machine that is going to drill your butthole at 300 <laughs> revolutions a minute? Into oblivion! Right. <laughs> but number one, at almost 37% vibrators. Okay, I was about to say, it better be the V word. Yes. 12 must-know sex statistics from this survey. 76% of all respondents say they have had anal sex. Okay. All right. 55% say blowjobs and eating out are their favorite oral sex acts. For them. I agree, but could you have not said cunnilingus <laughs> and uh, what, what, fellatio. what? Fellatio. Thank you. The word completely escaped my mind. I, th- there was a better way to say that. Maybe that's a term like we talked about in the last episode, eating out. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's so that's so middle crass. school. Yeah. <laughs> that's one thing we are not on the show. <laughs> of single respondents prefer to give oral sex rather than receive it, which means they are lying. (laughs) 43% say they are having more sex now than before the pandemic. Hmm. Hmm. I can say that. that. I can say that because I've had sex once since the pandemic. To which I had had none prior to the pandemic. And 40% of gay respondents prefer to top, 37 prefer to bottom, and 23% like doing both. Huh. Yes. Interesting. 
Now, this one I really enjoy. How often do you try new sex positions with a partner? 40% sometimes. 24% rarely. Okay. 20% often. 12.6 always. Uh, How? Right. Liar. We do every time we have sex, we try a new position. Like, that's impossible. It's impossible. Are they doing it once a month? And they're like, okay, let's coordinate at 3 p.m. on Saturday. We'll meet you there for reverse cowgirl. Right. (laughs) By the washing machine with the vibrator. (laughs) It's in my Google Docs. It is set in stone. But 3%, never. They stick to the tried and true. So, but what I need to know is it is the same one? Same position all the time, or do they have like a little rotation of reliables, or like what? What is this lineup? <laughs> they may almost like a porn. They may have two or three positions that they have found work for them. Mm. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it, as they say. Stick with it. But there's gonna stick be it. A, just stick it. There's gonna be a point where it can't work anymore, right? It's like, oh, here it comes. Right. There it went. All right. Good night. (laughs) Yeah, because there's no way you derive the same satisfaction from the same thing over and over again. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. The law of diminishing returns says it to be true. I concur. Oh, very nice. The law of diminishing returns. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm totally making that. And the last one that I want to talk about. How often do you have anal sex on average? Six percent said once a day or more. In on what time span? Are we in a month? Are we in six months? No, no. A year? Ten Lifetime? years. I'm gonna say ten years. They average years. anal sex over one time a day for 10 years. No, <laughs> apparently they were talking to porn people because there's no way. Wow. There is no way. I feel this is slightly skewed. I think you're right. I think this is what people wanted people to believe. <laughs> yes. Yes. A few times a week, 18%. Still, that's a lot. Once a week, 13%. Meh. Once every couple weeks, six, and it goes to once a year or less, 18%. And I have never had anal sex at 24%. I don't. Okay. So I believe the 18%. I I believe that wholeheartedly. Okay. Those people are honest. I don't, I don't know about now. What is the demographic again? We have both straight and gay. This is across both. Okay. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think some straight people would lie about that shit. I've never. No, oh, not oh. my butt. Oh, not, not meanwhile, they're butt. like, get it in there. <laughs> get on it. <laughs> Someone might know I did a sex survey. Oh, no. Not my rectum. <laughs> yeah, I think more people have tried it than not. And of course... This mm-hmm. is what it's saying. You know, this is saying yeah. that basically one in four is saying that they haven't. But 
What is it? What was it? Twenty four percent never. Correct. Yeah, I think they're a bunch of filthy liars. Maybe it just didn't go well. <laughs> they're in denial. Yes, I, I still have flashbacks. Oh, <laughs> I'm just gonna say it didn't happen. That'll make it go away. <laughs> fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> there is a lot in this survey but i think those are the fun things that uh that we can pull out of it maybe you'll learn something maybe you learn some new positions you need to try or according to this maybe you've done all the positions because you always try <laughs> new ones and always. Uh, there's really nothing left with all of this information you could find it at bespokesurgical.com or you can go to this episode at danglinafterdark.com, click the link to the show notes, and you will find it there as well. So much to unpack, but rings and slings. That's, that's... Yeah, we're going to have to do a Google on that one later on. I need an answer. Uh, I, I'm telling you, we need to make that sex store. Yeah. Oh, up in Ohio, there used to be a, um, I don't know if it's still open because I haven't been there in ages, but there was a swings and things. It was the indoor amusement park (laughs) activity do thing. And it just immediately made me think of that. The adult version of swings and things. So we could make it rings, slings, swings and things. Yes. We'll wrap it all in. We'll have to acronym it. Yes. You want to go to SRST? Oh. Sirst. <laughs> Where if you have a ball gag in, you kind of make that noise anyway. Yeah. I can't wait to have my 36th birthday party there. <laughs> Do you think they'll let us bring a cake? <laughs> of course, but only if you sit on it. Yes. <laughs> you got to know your demographic. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. So let's talk about the interview that I have for yes. this episode. Do that. I have an interview with the beautiful Jenna Starr. Thank you so much to Tanya Tate at Star Factory PR for the opportunity to speak with her. I had done some research on her, as I always do with my interview guests, and the more I learned about her, the more excited I was to be able to interview her. She has amassed a massive following very quickly, and for good reason. She does amazing work. She has certain physical attributes that many of her followers really enjoy, and we actually talk about that in the interview She is very open and honest in the interview. She is entertaining and enlightening, but you are going to get a true look into the performer as a whole when it comes to Jenna Starr. She doesn't pull any punches, and she really lets you know what's going on, and I think that's actually very endearing when you hear her talk about herself and the work that she creates. And it's really, really impressive. I have a feeling that she is going to do amazing things in this industry because she has truly found her footing and found her lane. And when you do that, your energy goes in a certain direction and you're able to create and that 
creating feeds you and it's going to be very cool to see what she becomes over the next few years but we already know what madeline ray is and that is perfect gosh darn oh you stop (laughs) fart noise (laughs) where can people find your perfectionistism online and on social media my perpetratorness (laughs) all right so Twitter is the best place to find me. It's tame. It's a side, my normal side. Well, my normal-ish side. Normal-ish, ish. Ah, it's fun. It's flirty. It's my day-to-day. So check me out on Twitter, Madeline Ray, and then there's links to my sites on there. Fantastic. Of course, for me, Twitter at the Dick Dangle, Dangling After Dark on Instagram. Danglingafterdark.com is the website. And if you want to email me, Dick at danglinafterdark.com. Another fun episode. Thank you so much for joining me, Madeline Ray. You're welcome. So are you ready? You've listened to like 400 no. of my shows. Come Shut on. Up. Just give it a shot. No. Give it a no, shot. I'm not. No, uh, can't. We are can't. not going to end this unless you give it a shot. Oh, no. Yep. yep. We're just going to sit here. We are, <laughs> Stare at each other. We are Who blinks going first? to... We're going to talk in monotone voices and say things about being cool to each other and buying porn. So, Madeline Ray, <laughs> what do you believe? <laughs> so, come on, give it a shot. Let's just, come on, make me proud. Make me proud. The, oh, I can't. I okay. can't. It's, it's performance I'll, anxiety. I'll start every section. You just got to end it. All right. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Thank you, one and all, for listening to this episode. Please take care of yourselves. And each other. Right? Pay for your porn and support amazing content creators like... Jenna Starr. And... Madeline Ray. Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm keeping all of these pauses in there, by the way. (laughs) Find something that feeds your soul... <laughs> and do it and often frequently as often as you possibly can i'll give you that okay. all right okay enjoy quality sex statistics and use them to feed your sex life and make it better and stronger learn the lotus first off and please visit our store called rings slings swings and things in the paramus mall and of course dangle on all right you got one you got one okay thank- well i i finished the the first part kinda. you said the thing and i said the word you see <laughs> i worded and then you kind of worded we're yeah. right. we're getting there one day we're getting there we're getting there <laughs> one day one day Don't worry, Dick will be coming back. Hi, this is Angela Summers, and you're dangling after dark with Dick Dangle.
Mm, he's recovered and ready to go again. Welcome back to the Pervert Nation. Here he is, Dick Dangle. My guest entered the industry with everything needed to set the world ablaze and seeing what she's creating, she has done just that. She has worked for Brazzers, Naughty America, Girlfriend Films, Mile High and More, and executes every scene with passion and precision. She was nominated for two AVN Fan Awards at the 2023 AVN Awards, and I have a feeling that this is only the tip of the iceberg. I hope that you are ready for the beautiful Jenna Starr. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It is my pleasure. Before we start our conversation, can you please tell everybody where they could find you online and on social media? Uh, my Instagram is MS Jenna Starr with two R's. And my Twitter, my TikTok, and my OnlyFans is Jenna the Star with two R's. And those are my main platforms that I'm on every day, all day. (laughs) I'm sure it feels like that at times, for sure. Yeah. Whether I have to be or I'm addicted, it's definitely happening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a pleasure to speak with you today. Um, I was able to see you walk the red carpet at the AVN Awards in Las Vegas, and you looked fabulous. How was your convention week? (laughs) uh first of all thank you for the compliment (laughs) um that was a lot (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna say you know we're on like interview number five (laughs) uh yeah so that was a lot i am you know i'm a huge introvert Mm. um i'm an internet nerd Ironically, that is not good with uh, technology of instruments. But anyways, we get by. Mm. So I'm just like not really like a crowd person. I avoid a lot of human interaction. And yeah, I order a lot of things online. And I just try to avoid going to the store. Uh, So going to AVN was very, very intense for me. And I get like horrible social anxiety, Um, high-functioning autistic, ADHD combined. I've got dyslexia. We've got dysgraphia. We've got all kinds of stuff going on in there. So it's just like not – the crowds aren't really like my thing. I was having like uh, panic attacks back to back to back. Oh, wow. I forget what there's a name for it. It's like serial like panic attacks Um, because I just don't like, I'm like a wallflower or don't like attention or I don't know what to do, you know? And then you also like, don't know how, like, I don't know how to respond to like either like attention or praise in, uh, in certain ways. So when people are like trying to talk to me or get my attention or there's more than one person at a time and then I'm like, okay, so now I've got to make a process to this form a line and then people are getting upset with you and then you're like, I, sorry. (laughs) Um, So it was a lot. It was a lot to prepare for. It was my first one. So at least now I know next year, like maybe don't plan anything two weeks in advance, but that's kind of hard because it was like. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, right after New Year's went straight into AVN and then they pulled in the X-Biz and I just, 
I didn't even make it that far. I actually left X biz the first day because it was just too much. Mm. Um, I hit my time limit, uh, my social time limit. And I drove all the way home at 10 PM at night and got back at 2 AM because I was like, okay, we're done. (laughs) (laughs) So I did meet like a lot of great people and connections that hopefully I remembered. It was just a lot going on. Um, I'm so thankful, actually really surprised I was nominated and I was super thankful that my fans, you know, nominated me and I was just surprised, uh, all the love that I got. I didn't think I was that known or big of a deal or whatever. So it was just like, that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You led into a number of questions that I actually have for you. So we're going to kind of take them one by one. And the first one is being an introvert. How do you find yourself doing adult work? Not necessarily because it's a social environment, which it kind of is. You know, you have a number of people on set. But how do you find yourself in a field where you have to interact with a lot of people and show your face at things like conventions and award shows? Well, those are two completely different scenarios. Uh, Showing up to set and showing up to a convention are like two completely different scenarios Mm -hmm. there. Um, Yeah, I mean, you show up to set, there's a number of people there. I mean, you walk in, you meet people you don't know, and you do things with them and you don't know them. But I don't know. I guess it's just like when you get behind the camera, it is like nerve wracking because, you know, like the camera is like being recorded and you're like, hey, this is being recorded for the whole world. You got to make sure that, you know, you do the best that you can. But there's nothing like actually being in the presence of people uh, like in comparison to being behind the camera. So like when when I'm in crowds, I'm an empath, so I can feel all the energy. Um, it also makes me like paranoid and anxious, like something bad's going to happen. Um, because a lot of times when you get crowds around, you know, things go down. I, I heard that the second day after I left from Xbiz, some, something dramatic had happened and they had to escort people out. So it's like stuff like that, you know, like it freaks me out or you're dealing with a lot of different personalities. Um, maybe people do like rude things to you and then it just kind of like picks at you or whatever. So, It's just, I read people very, very well and I'm really sensitive. So it's like, that's what makes the crowd part of it intense. But behind the camera, I guess I've just got over that. Like, cause I've been, I'm going to be year number five, like on OnlyFans. So I had to go through phases well before like years ago. So, you know, there's some things that I've like gone through that led up to helping me be able to perform on camera, um, you know, work-wise. So that made it a lot easier. But yeah, I mean, it's just different. It's definitely different. You know, you're in like some of the, you know, like there's certain like sets I go to where it's the same team every time. They're very like, we always have fun. We're laughing. They're inviting. And they make it easy for me to open up and really like be able to express myself. Sometimes it takes a minute. Everyone kind of knows this when I get on set. Like, I'm always like, like, you know, having a great time. But then when it comes to like, okay, we're starting, it's like, I go through these like jitters 
and I can't remember my lines. I'm like kind of thrown off. And then like halfway through, you know, it's like I start to warm up and then it's like, okay, she's really coming out now. And then I'd rather just rerun the whole thing, but I can't. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, and then as soon as like, you know, you, you go back and you work with the same people, like the same directors or whatever, you kind of build that, like that formality. So you just kind of feel like, you know, that safety net there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can feel you on that because I am an empath as well. And when it came to the AVN week, the last day of the convention was Saturday and the hours for were 12 to 4. And by 2 o'clock, I had reached my limit between <laughs> yeah. the people and the music and just yep. that, that constant influx of information. You're like, I got to yeah. tap out. Yeah, I get sensory overload. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't even realize this. I stopped doing it a lot, but see, this requires of social masking, but I used to social mask my whole life. And, you know, women are better at that than men. And, you know, and then there's like a time frame on that, like too. So, and that takes a lot of energy to mask like that. You know, it takes a lot of energy that is like almost kind of becomes like wasted energy, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah, I get it. And then I have like the, the time, like I'll go to the bathroom several times. Um, I had no idea what I like, what I was dealing with with myself, like when I was younger and all that, but now I get it, you know, I'm high functioning, like autistic. So I like try to avoid, you know, I'd be like, Oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. I gotta go to the bathroom. I've gone to the bathroom like five times. You're like, what is wrong with this girl? And it's like, it's just like me going in there, like sitting there, taking a break. Yeah. <laughs> I went back into, I think it was, was it the last day or the second to last day? I went in the back and I just sat in there for the longest time until I could work up enough for me to put on like myself, you know, to be like, Hey, <laughs> how's it going? <laughs> when you have all of that talent in town, do you try to shoot content for your only fans or, you know, help people with theirs or is it, I go to the convention and because of that, I'm just going to shut it down and just relax. I just like, for one, I thought I would have more time than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I needed to really focus on, cause whenever I go get under stress or anxiety starts to set in, it makes like my, what's the word symptoms worse. My organizational skills are the worst. I can't think through things whenever I'm under pressure and stuff. It's hard for me to sit there and organize. Like, okay, this is what I need to be doing right now. And I forget to do things and I don't do something right. I leave my shoes over here. And then, you know, I show up like kind of a mess. And everybody's like, what is wrong with you? And it's just like, well, this is what it's like, you know. But I personally... Hmm. When it comes to working with a bunch of people, when it's crowded like that and everyone's like working with everyone, I just, I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all, but I just have like a different outlook on it. I'd rather just like not kind of work with everyone because then your chances of getting sick are like, you know, a lot lower (laughs) and it takes your, a lot of energy to, to work. So I don't just like lay there, you know, I actually like, you know, perform, you know, a lot as a woman. So then it's like, well, there went my energy. (laughs) Right. 
Now, as you mentioned, you were nominated, and congratulations on those nominations. Uh, They were for Hottest Newcomer and Most Amazing Ass. It must make you feel all the feels to have such a strong fan base and to have them step up and get you nominated. Yeah, my fans, yeah, absolutely. I was like, wow, you know? And then it was like, I actually didn't even know that this was even a thing. I thought I had missed it because I wasn't really submitted for like the other. I'm just, I'm really like new, you know? And so I went, I don't think I was really submitted for anything for the uh, original AVN, you know, like I'm still learning how this stuff works. Mm. And so I was just kind of like, you know what? I was going through a lot yet last year. And so I really wasn't upset about it. I was just like, whatever. Cause normally like you have to be the, you're the boss of your own boss. If that makes sense mm. when you run your own business. So then I would have had to have like, you know, tended to it, find out how to do it, how everything's working. And that just would have taken, it wasn't on the top of my list. I I moved from Texas to uh, Vegas and I was going through so much to make that move happen. I mean, the amount of money I spent was probably at least $60,000. I floated three rents for like six months. Um, I had to make several trips to New York to visit my family until I found a place out in Vegas that I felt like would be where I would want to like settle or whatever. So, and then I lost my dog on top of that. So, you know, it was like a lot. And it was all during that time when you would have been like, for like trying to get submitted or however it works and stuff. So I just kind of chopped it up to like whatever. And then I woke up in like maybe three o'clock in the morning and I see like this, like, I don't remember. It could have been three, four. It was just really early in the morning. And I see like a, I voted for, you know, Jenna and I'm like, what is that? What is this? You know? And then I start seeing all these votes coming in, coming in, coming in. And I'm like, I hit my PR. I'm like, what is going on? I thought everything closed. She goes, Oh, this is the fan votes now are open. And I'm like, what? This is so confusing. So there's another side. I was like, okay, all right. I just thought it was over. I guess it's not, you know? And I was like, all right, whatever, you know? And then I was nominated and I thought this was like all a learning thing for me. I was like, oh, cool. I was nominated. And then I thought from there, like maybe Avian like picked the person and then there's still votes going and going and going and going. And I'm like, what is going on? She's like, yeah, I, you know, it just, now they, they nominate you and then they keep voting after that. And I was like, Oh, okay. So it's super complicated. And then every day it was just tons and tons and tons of votes. And it was like, every day it would get closer. It was just like more and more and more like, you know, votes or whatever. So I was super shocked. Um, I was actually very shocked. I pushed the, you know, the ass one because people were voting me for it a lot. And I thought, well, if I have a chance at anything, I probably have a chance at this one. So I just kept, advertising it and then when they actually came out with the nominations and it said like best newcomer and I was like oh wow like okay people actually voted for that and I I didn't even know you know Mm -hmm. and so yeah I thought that was pretty cool and it was definitely a huge surprise and I'm really thankful that because I'm a lot of people say just being nominated alone is is super important so I'm super you know happy about that yeah, I feel the same way uh, when it comes to nominations. And 
it is truly awesome to see you nominated for hottest newcomer because there are so many people that enter the industry to have you be yeah. one of the chosen ones is amazing. Even the ass one. I mean, I'm right. like, I could have thought of like three or four girls, you know, I was just like, wow, you know, like, I mean, there's some really nice asses out there. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? When it comes to that award, you're as close to a nomination lock as there will ever be. Look, I had so I almost like almost like didn't even want to hear the fact that I didn't. You know, I when I when I didn't win because I, I kind of didn't think I was because a lot of people told me like you know, hey, look, you know, the same people always win. You know, it's rare that new people win. So I was just like, okay, whatever, I believe it. But like I didn't want to hear what I did not want to hear was how everybody was going to ask me why I didn't win. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming, and I've had so many people like keep asking me, "Well, why didn't you win? This doesn't even make sense. Like you're supposed to like this. I don't even know how you couldn't have won." And I'm like, "Look, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, you know. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's not up to me." <laughs> and then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always wonder about the inner workings of stuff like that as well and it's probably better that we don't know yeah but i love asking performers about their perfect attributes um so when it comes to your butt this award nominated butt when did you realize the power that it had like has it gotten you into or out of trouble you know what See, that's a catch 22 right. into or out of trouble. Cause that's the two that's like, <laughs> it, it's a good thing in a really, it's a really good thing and a really bad thing at the same time. And I, and I say this because I had to realize growing up as a woman and becoming knowledgeable and whatever, you know, wise that I've always had a, an ass and it's real and I've always had hips and I've always had a butt. So I think that I've been used to it being there. And so it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. I'm glad I at least got what I got, you know, as opposed to somebody who went out and like went and got a full like implants and, and went and did like a bunch of injections or a whole reconstructive body and they didn't have it before. They'd probably like be able to be like, oh, my God, my whole life changed. And then they'll act like a lot of times they act like a different person. But um I just think that I'm, I'm just used to have always having it. Now I didn't have boobs, so I've totally had breast implants, which I don't know how that shocks people, but, but I remember one guy when I, you know, had said one time, you can't have both. You either got an ass or you got tits. And I remember he said that cause I had a big ass, you know, and no boobs. And so he's like, you don't get both. I beg to differ, but I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I've definitely had lipo done. I've had lipo on the midsection three times because I wanted to keep my lower body, but I didn't want to like lose like weight to lose the stomach. So I was like, all right, you know, let me just go in and just suck it out and then it'll give me a snatched waist. So yeah, I just have always had it, I guess. I, and I still kind of like, I'm just kind of like, Hmm, really? Is it really that cool? Is it really that good? Cause I'm used to it. Yeah. It's not new. I'm used to it. Yeah. Well, let me answer that question for you. Yes, it is that cool. <laughs> but um, you've posted on social media showing yourself at the gym and trying to take care of yourself. Do you ever worry that you may lose this gift through working out? 
see, that's the thing, though. That's because my body is natural. Mm-hmm. It's muscle. So working out makes me more curvier. It makes my butt grow. It's muscle. Nice. Yeah, so <laughs> um, if I, like, didn't eat and starve myself and I lost weight, I would lose weight. And, yeah, you know, butt fat might shrink or whatever, but I've always had hips. So I've always had curve. Anybody who's known me since I was younger knows this about me. I've always, even when I was like, wait, 120, I always had massive curves because I just might have looked skinny with curves. Um, but no, actually working out keeps me curvy and it keeps everything sitting and looking right. I feel like I get thinner looking when I don't work out because my muscles start going away. Oh, I got you. Yeah, I did CrossFit for three years straight, Oof. Um, and that built me up a lot. Mm. Um, and I've been back working out slowly but surely more aggressive and more aggressively. So um, I don't know. You guys might see me do like a fit challenge or something at some point because I have a naturally athletic body. So Oh, nice. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely not worried about it going anywhere. All right. Do you have a sport that you like to play, or is it more general working out, endurance stuff, things like that? It's just working out. I mean, I wish I knew when I was younger I had these athletic abilities, um, but I didn't discover it until I did CrossFit, and I was like, whoa, I was like kind of barely trying, and I was hitting like 50% of the nation. Wow. Uh, in the challenge and wasn't super competitive. I just felt like I wanted to feel good and I wanted to feel better and I wanted to feel strong. And then COVID hit and then that kind of made it like difficult. And I started going back, you know, and then I moved out of Texas and it's just been hard for me with the way that my work is to actually go to them consistently because they like the way that CrossFit works is you pay this like really good payment. Um, it's low for what they give you is like, and depends on which gym you go to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go and you've got this trainer there, you're with this group of people and it's, it's a different kind of environment than the gym where everyone's like staring at themselves in the mirror, you know, here is more like, we're all here for the same goal and we all want to be better and I'm not saying people at the gym aren't thinking that same way too, but it, you, it's just a whole community kind of thing where it's just really about teamwork and being better people at the end of the day. The thing is, is that they have like certain times throughout the day that they do it. And I'm kind of all over the place now. And when I did it was when I had my last business and I, I, I set my hours to like 9 a.m. and then I would get off at 6. I would make it to that class at 6.30 and then I was done at 7.30 and I'd go home and I just did the same thing over and over and over. So it was like easier for me to keep that like consistency. And now it's just about getting to the gym almost every day. And so it's just about doing the best that I can and getting to the gym and creating that habit again. And then they have classes at my gym that I can make sometimes. And then when I can't, I just try to do as much as I can on my own to at least make up for, for that. But if I had my way, I would love to go back at least like four days out of the week and consistently be able to get in there and work out that hard. Because with somebody with the, you know, how do you like, how do you say this? Like, I mean, not conditioned, like there's anything wrong with me, but having ADHD, you know, severe and all that, this helps you get out a lot of that physical energy. So I I have a lot of like combustion, like of energy built up 
you know, my brain's running at a really fast pace and my body wants to move like that too. So it causes a lot of frustration. Um, and it causes you to just kind of feel down if you are not releasing that energy, like an athlete. Right. So it helps with keep your, like makes you happier. It releases certain chemicals in your brain and makes you feel good about yourself. Really. You feel strong, you feel confident, you feel like you look good. And it really, it really creates a lot of confidence. I, I would tell anybody, especially if you're in this industry, you have to be working out. Yeah. If you're not, try, figure it out. I don't know, but it is just so important for us to take care of our bodies, especially because we are like athletes and this is physical. Yeah, I can agree with that. Absolutely. I don't think uh, a lot of people realize what it takes to be on set and yeah. work and shoot the way you do because sometimes you'll see a scene and you know it may be edited to 15 20 maybe 25 minutes but there are not only the full day you know so it could just be hours of that but there may be up to an hour of sex that is edited down to that right so you know like i'm um, i think one of the i'm just guessing one of the specialties that people like to see from me is writing and, um, if you do 10 to 15 minutes straight, I mean, that's your cardio alone. Right. And, <laughs> and it's like, I mean, you really have to have a very like solid, like strong body uh, to be able to be able to pull that off and not only do that, but then make it look like really cool while you're doing it <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and not only cool, but like enticing, like you're actually like you know, it's going in and out, like, and it looks cool and stuff to actually make this like a thing. Like you have to be in shape. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> now, when it comes to your social media, you have a massive following. You have 1 million followers on Instagram and you have over 330,000 followers on Twitter. How do you stay engaged with your fans and your projects and not have it really take over your whole day? Oh, well, I don't. It takes over my whole day every That's day. Right. <laughs> and I've learned, okay, so this is where, to be fully honest, you know, and I've said this a lot to people and I can't, I cannot stress this enough. This is where the high functioning aspect comes into it. Mm. You have to be kind of crazy in order to be able to do it. And it is what it is. Like in order to be able to sit there and run multiple accounts by yourself, you know, to sit there and you, and you know, you get to hit certain times. I mean, this, this is complicated. There is so much to this. It's everybody says alpha rhythm, but it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, that's cool and all, but that's like just the tip of the iceberg on how this stuff works. Right. And to know when to set something off and I have to make content for every platform. Then I have to know when to put it out. Then, you know, now I, I can't really get to the, like the comments really anymore. Mm. But when you're starting a fresh account, you really want to do that. You really want to get that, you know, your own engagement in and engage with people and stuff, because that's going to set the tone and the, you know, the basis for everything to grow and to keep that alpha ring going. But but man, at this point, now I've got a lot of things working for itself because I've spent years developing these accounts that, you know, I can just get, I can just do my post. Like I did my new year's post on Instagram and that was the first time in all my years 
I started growing my account like heavy in like 2018 on Instagram. And that was the first time was my new year's post. I had a little gold little outfit on and I have hit almost 6 million views on that, um, reel. And so that's finally, like, I feel like, wow, I finally got like, you know, something, you know, going on how much work I put into that account. Um, that's at like, you know, a million or whatever. So it's so it's, it's a lot of work and I've had to learn how to manage it on my personal time. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of always doing it throughout the day. Even if I say I'm on vacation, I'm really not. If I say that I'm going to the movies, you know, or something, there's only a certain period of time that I'm not looking at my phone and making sure everything's doing what it's supposed to be doing. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Don't worry. Dick will be coming back. Hey, this is Nami3Neko. And I'm Ivy Minx. And you're listening to Dangling After Dark with, with Dick, Dick Dangle. Dangle. <laughs> mm, he's recovered and ready to go again. Welcome back to the Pervert Nation. Here he is, Dick Dangle. Now, you had a lot of scenes come out in 2022, including scenes with Brazzers, which you have been on set for a lot. What's it like to work with such a high-profile brand so early in your career? I'm very, very blessed and thankful that that has been my experience. I mean, everyone's always serious about their job. If you need something, you know, like don't hesitate. Someone's always there just, you know, like, are you okay? Are you thirsty? Are you good? You know, um, the communication is like perfect. You know, when they book, you can count on them. Like literally, like I think they've really learned early in somewhere that when you treat your talent right, you are investing into them. And that's what makes people want to be there. Yeah. And that's when things start and then people want to give and they want to be there and they're excited and they want to shout out your business and they want to retweet your stuff and everyone gets excited about it because you're making people feel important. And so I say that's the biggest thing about browsers is they make you feel important and they make you feel like you're valued and everyone always has a good attitude when I show up on set and it always just seems fun, you know, and Everything is just well organized, (laughs) very well organized. Like for the most part, unless they absolutely have to, they're not moving shoots all over the place. They're not telling you, I'm sorry, the makeup artist uh, can't be there today. Can you do your own makeup? Uh, When you, you know, they don't have like old rotten razors laying there and tell you that they provide razors or, or how about the fact that some places don't have like a douche for you, or they don't even have a trash can for you to throw your stuff in. Imagine being on your period and you got to throw your things where, who knows? I don't know. But yeah, I could keep going on and on and on because I've worked with a lot of other companies now at this point and they just really, really got it. They got it down. Mm-hmm. And so I love working for them because of that. They make it easy. They make it fun, even though it's not all easy. But when something's hard and you know everyone's trying and they care about you and they, they order you food, they make sure you have everything you need. And you could tell they care about whether you get a good – like they, they care whether you perform well too. Like they will, they take pride in their job. It really makes you take a hard day 
and go, you know what? This is so worth it. This makes me excited. Now, in your newest Brazzers scene, uh, it features you with Kendra Sunderland and Charles Dara. Uh, mm-hmm. You invade his home, but of course, <laughs> sex you know how ensues. I waited for that scene to come out. <laughs> that scene was like, oh my God, when was that? Was that that was like a year and a half? When, when did we do wow. that? It wasn't this last year. It was a year before that. So that was like a year and a half ago that I did that scene. Oh, I that's think. crazy. And I've been, you know, I was like waiting for it. And I was just so excited. I had so much fun. I got to be like a, you know, I got to be like my alter ego in that scene, you know, like I got to put a mask on. I got to have a gun and like, ooh, you know, I was like the bad girl. Like, I'm going to get you. You know, it was so fun. Um, And I was waiting and waiting on that. And then she was such an amazing performer. So I was just so excited about the scene. I couldn't wait for it to come out. So it finally came out. I was like, oh, my God, yay. (laughs) (laughs) How much do you enjoy the fun scene setups that Brazzers usually offers? Because they are just so entertaining before it gets to the sex. I really like the acting part. So how they have like, okay, like it takes me a minute to warm up. Mm -hmm. But once I warm up, like the acting is so fun um, so that's like kind of almost next to like my favorite part. And then when the sex comes, like, all right, let's show our tricks now. Let's get to work. You know, let's put our, let's do our exercise. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said, would you like a chance to do some more, uh, acting roles, like big things for big feature productions? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> what would, what would you like your role to be? Do you want to be that badass alter ego or are you open to anything? I'm open to anything really. I think a more like I think a little bit more aggressive like roles are are kind of more of my personality. And so that kind of makes it easier, but yeah, I'd be like I like funny too though. I really like, I I like funny, um, I like being funny and I like humor and I love putting humor into things. And so I think Brazzers knows this about me. (laughs) I'll take whatever it is that they want me to do. And I just like to put a little spin on it and make it a little funnier than, you know, um, it's fun. Like Jim Carrey was one of always my, my favorite like actors or like growing up. And so I always thought that that shit was so funny. Like, so I think funny roles would be like great, but yeah, I think it would be fun. Definitely. Well, I would love to see it happen. That is for sure. Now being a taller woman at five, seven, <laughs> do you feel that studios put you in more dominant roles and <laughs> does this kind of fall into what you enjoy sexually or are you more submissive? I'm a switch. Okay. Um, being, it depends on the person, um, on how, whether I'm going to be dominative over them or if I'm going to allow them to, I'm going to be submissive. I'm usually not, I don't tend to be a very submissive person, but it's possible, you know, it could be, it's, it it could, it could happen, you know, it just depends on the chemistry. Um, and it goes both ways. I, I learned this, like also like that person has to allow you to be their sub and then you have to allow that person to be dominant. And then it's like a thing between the two of you, if that's, you know, going to happen or whatever. But, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if like, 
I mean, they probably do, you know, nobody really talks about what, what, why they're booking me really, mm-hmm. <laughs> except for about my ass, you know, and stuff. Mm-hmm. So no, yeah, no one really tells me like, Oh, well you're being booked for this because you're tall. This person's small and you're about to take them over or anything. Mm, okay. <laughs> we just kind of assume, I think a lot of us just kind of assume like this must be what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. I mean, it might be hard for them to find, like I am tall and then I am extremely curvy. Like it might be hard. I mean, there aren't that many girls that are, you know, as tall as me or like measurements or like height. I do find that a lot of girls are end up being more petite, I guess, than me. So I think that could be also a thing. Like they're just matching me, you know, all right. That's what we're going to (laughs) do. To start the year, you were the cover model for FHM South Africa, and this joins your FHM France cover from last year. How did these opportunities come about, and how many issues do you actually physically own or have on pre-order? How many do I own of the of the ones that have been published? Yeah, I would have a thousand if I was on a magazine. Uh, well, <laughs> um, I, it's, you do the cover, they'll give you 10. So oh, okay. there, uh, there, I got three for the playboy oh. and they are in my desk and I've got a death grip on them <laughs> uh, because those are the ones that were given to me or else you're going to pay for them. So no, I don't have a thousand. And then I'll be getting the other ones that come in. So they're, for me, they're like for somebody like, you know, I've I've given them out to like my highest support and fans. I, I've given them to. I haven't really sold them to anybody. Um, I've given them to family members, like signed um, as little like like oh look what I did, you know, be proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they're just for very 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 special people, and I just I've I've got a hold on a lot of them. My family's not very big, so. (laughs) Uh, Same. So one thing I enjoy doing is going through people's social media and asking them questions about certain posts that they have made. Are Mm -hmm. you ready to be asked questions on some of your more recent posts? I mean, it depends on what the question is. (laughs) They are all pleasant, I promise you. (laughs) I mean, let's see. Let's go. (laughs) You actually, today, as we record this, you put out, I never realized, I never told people that I live, used to live in Hawaii. Um, I have so many storybooks in my life. Now, I love Hawaii. I've been able to visit. What made you leave that tropical paradise? Oh, you really want to know the story? Um, so, oh my God, I was like 15, oh, okay. 15. I got sent away to go live with a family out there because long story short, I was in a very, very like abusive home. And instead of realizing that the abuser was the problem, because I was always a very strong willed child who spoke, you know, and, and, you know, fought back or whatever. So then I got sent to a family in Hawaii that had like went to like a long time. I don't know. It was just friends of like my mom and went to a church she went to. So it was kind of like, Oh, we're going to send you off cause we can't deal with you. So I went there and I moved in with this family and, um, I lived there for like almost a year or something. And the reason I left was because, because they knew my mom and her husband really well. 
They were actually, when I, I broke down and told them like, you know what I was going through. And I think a part of it is like, people don't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And they want to, they kind of want to help you, but then they feel like they can't. And I think that people don't want to deal with that just within itself. Some people don't even want to think about it. There's been times where I've explained to people like my trauma and they're like, Oh my God, just stop, just stop. I don't even want to hear anymore. And I'm oh, like, wow. Oh, you don't want to hear anymore when it's something that I actually like went through. And then I even like gave you the gift of even opening up and being vulnerable and telling you. Mm. So it was really like, I don't have a pleasant way of saying it. I was rejected. Um, once I finally told them and I think it's more of a like, Oh, she's got, she's got issues. We're gonna have problems with her. We don't know what's going on. We don't want to be a part of it too, because they were friends with my mom and all that. And so I think they're just like, okay, we don't know what's going on here. We don't know if we're going to be able to help this girl. She's not our kid. You know, we're taking on someone else's kid. And so they had kids and, um, their kids really liked me, you know? And I think like, they just, you know, didn't want me to be a problem, you know, or whatever. And so they sent me back. I didn't want to go back. Um, I actually wanted to stay there. Um, and I had all these plans. I had even gotten a job out there and I was cleaning mansions. Supposedly I dove into George Clooney's pool. Um, (laughs) you know, like I'm sure I was kind of like kind of scaring them a little bit, but really like their kids at the time weren't doing anything different than I was doing, you know, (laughs) but anyways, I always took the rap for that kind of stuff. So you know, if anyone's going to get in trouble, it was me, but yeah, like I, they had said it was his pool. And so I went in there and I jumped in and jumped back out and I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. So yeah, I got sent back, but I had realized like, I mean, that was so long ago that a lot of people don't even know that about me. And it was funny because I, I booked a trip next month for Hawaii. So then that popped up in, you know, in my, in my head that certain individuals were like, what you live in Hawaii? Never even knew you. Are you serious? I'm like, yeah, I promise. Like, I'm like, I'm not making it up. I really lived there before. It was just a long time ago and probably didn't care to like think about it. Mm-hmm. So, but when I wrote that I was tired and it was late um, because I have insomnia and I have a hard time going to sleep. So I was up, you know, looking at YouTubes of, you know, the islands and stuff and, and whatever. And so I had made that post. And the funny thing about that was, is that because I was tired, I wrote it funny. And then someone got on there and was like laughing at me, like your English is horrible or whatever. And I'm just like, is this high school? Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cause guess what? I just saw Keisha Cole posted something and she heard, she said something wrong and said a couple of things off. And I'm like, is anybody going to say anything about that? Right. <laughs> Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing I don't understand. You know, it's like we understand what you were trying to say. It doesn't you don't have to say that they did it wrong. It's like we get it. We're all adults here. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay. You know what I meant. <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> now the next tweet I would like to ask you about. You wrote. Good thing I deleted I delete a lot of them. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I do that though regularly because I don't want like, I don't, you know, I like to keep my content like there and then, you know, a lot of bullshit aside. And so I, I, I just say something enough. Maybe it lasts like a day or two. Sometimes it gets away for like a week and then I delete it because I want my content to stay like the most important thing. <laughs> Sometimes I get irritated and then I'll say something slick on there, but like, all right, what I say? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is exactly what you said. You wrote. 
Mercury retrogrades ends in 65 hours. (laughs) Yeah. I am surprised at how many adult performers are into astrology and the like. What got you into it, and do you choose who you date by their astrological sign? I mean, do I date? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's the first question. Let's let's just start there. That's got loads and loads of piles on that. Um, So... Okay, so I, I what actually really got me was I had started doing my one of my friends got me like when I first moved to Texas, so maybe like 2016, 2017, started talking to me about like tarot card reading and stuff, and I was just like, yeah, 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 you know, it had to take me a minute to like really warm up to it, and because I had grew up in an apostolic Pentecostal background, this was like of the devil, right. You know? But I started going, well, what does it hurt? She's like, come on, man, just do a reading, you know? So I had did, I I did like a few readings throughout time. And then I had, I was put into one situation where it was like a battle of energy. And that's when I realized I was actually more powerful than I realized. I was in Miami and this lady wanted to do a reading on me. And I was like, I was like shutting her down. And then kind of like it's kind of hard for me to explain, but she was trying to get into my head and I wasn't allowing her, whatever that's called. And my energy was like blocking her energy. And I didn't even know what I was doing. And I figured it out. Like afterwards, I was like, Whoa, that's cool. I was protecting my energy and I was blocking her. Wow. So anyway, so that happened to me then the, and, and it was involuntary. The next involuntary thing that happened to me was one of my friends went to go do a reading and a whole thing with this lady um, in Austin. And I was just going with her, you know, I wasn't a part of it. I didn't really care that, you know, my friend was just going through some things and I'm just support. And we just went, you know, but while I was there, I'm really quiet, you know, and I'm letting her talk to her a little bit, but then she focuses in on me and she starts really like what she normally would like charge somebody for she just starts telling me all this stuff (laughs) that nobody knows right or nobody confirms that I know and it was like insane like how she was like explaining how I truly felt inside and how people react towards me and all this stuff and she told me my charts she broke down my houses um she opened up like a lot of my mind to it because I was like if there's no way you're just gonna know this stuff and be able to say these things. And I wasn't asking for it. I gave her no crumbs. I gave her nothing. And I'm just like that. Like, I need to know you're real. Like, I'm I'm not going to give you anything that's going to let you get into my head for me to start your fishing out stuff. So then it sounds like kind of like cliche, like, you're, you know, the typical like, oh, well, you said they said things in general. No, this woman was like very detailed into things that I was like crying. And I was like, oh, my God, that is insane. And then she also was like you're Aquarius by day, Gemini rising and Scorpio by night. Once she told me that and I started learning more like through time, it tells me so much more about myself and and then the energies that are like attracted to me. So, you know, I have two sides basically is what that's like saying, you know, like I'm Aquarius at heart, but if you come for me, <laughs> Uh, there is a Scorpio that can come out and get you. <laughs> so I like that's me being able to protect myself. That's like my front, you know, is a, a Scorpio appearance, you know, but I'm soft, you know, at heart, you know, as being in, in loyal and all of that as being a 
an Aquarius and an independent, you know, everything they say or whatever. Now, as far as it goes to like choosing, oh, based on Zodiac signs, have I had bad luck with Scorpios? Yes. (laughs) So they kind of have met up to that. And then there's a lot of tourists in my family. So then that's kind of, you know, they're kind of living up to that there. But um, I don't really follow it to like too much when it comes if I choose people for that. I do kind of think of a warning in my head when it's a Scorpio. And Geminis have like always been so Scorpios are very attracted to me. So are Geminis. And this makes sense now. But Geminis like could be more like like we could end up like getting along and being cool and, you know, and, and working through things. I don't know so much. I just haven't reached that barrier, past that barrier with the Scorpio. Maybe it's possible, but yeah, I see that, you know, Sagittarius seem to come around they come around and there's cancers and stuff. And I got a couple of Capricorn friends and I think like a Virgo or whatever, but yeah, I don't think that it defines relationships because not that's one aspect of it then you also have personality traits that are separate Mm -hmm. then you have mental health conditions that can fall into place so (laughs) (laughs) i'm like but leos we can't forget about leos so as they say leo is the strongest sign that can match up with an aquarius and i've had so much fun with leos but the ego definitely becomes a problem, and that has shown itself true. But Leos have always been, we will go, we'll have so much fun together. We love that part of each other. But then the battle of the ego can set in and kind of cause things to be like, oh, well, you're too, you know, we're just become stubborn in that sense, you know? So how do you feel about Pisces? Um, actually, one of my really good friends is a Pisces. And my brother is a Pisces. Okay. So, okay. All right. Yeah. But I was just reading about Pisces because I was kind of like messing with him, you know? Uh, He's like, all right. Okay. You know, I was like, I'm just curious. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting here like reading about it or whatever. Um, But I mean, interesting enough, you know, we were always like, kind of like two peas in a pod, like best friends. And so, and one of my really good friends, that's a Pisces. She's always like pretty level. We've seen like eye to eye. We would kind of analyze situations the same. So yeah. Okay. That's good. That makes me feel good. Cause I'm a I'm, Pisces. You must be so. a Pisces. Yep. I am a Pisces. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any problems with Pisces. So. <laughs> okay, good. Cause if so, then this would end right now. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. We'd have to end everything. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Now, the last tweet I want to ask you about, this was back in November, and you wrote, guys, I'm at this bar just waiting for a friend. Come to find (laughs) out it's a speed dating event tonight. Okay. So if anybody knows me, curiosity always kills the cat, and I definitely was going to stay to see (laughs) this whole production go down. Oh, I sat there all night. (laughs) I was like, and it was funny because I came in and I sat down and I had, think I just checked in or something. I was like waiting for my friend to show up and, you know, like I'll go down and get something to eat. I, I like to do that. Just go sit there, you know, and get something to eat or whatever. And, you know, maybe have a drink and just kind of just, I don't know, be in public, but not really have to talk to anybody. So I sit down and I'm ordering, I'm just sitting there talking. And then the, the bartender's like, Hey, uh, 
are you do you ha- are you happen to be here for the speed dating event and i was like what <laughs> i was like wait what she was like yeah there's a speed date i think she just wanted to talk about it she thought it was funny <laughs> she was like, yeah there's a speed dating event tonight and i was like no shit really she was like yeah i was like whoa this is gonna be fun she's like oh god it is <laughs> and i was like no way let me get my popcorn this is like turning on the tv on your favorite channel <laughs> i was like wow and i was like i mean i would go to those events like if i got emails and it was like a like a reputable place and you know and you and, and it was safe and, and whatever i'd probably go just to you know for the shits and giggles or you never know you might meet somebody so or you could get friends out of it you might meet other women you might you might meet cool people you never know so i was like well i'm definitely gonna stay here so my friend i was waiting for my friend to get there and i texted her i was like look okay don't even start bugging me about leaving the bar because I need to see how this goes down. <laughs> so these people slowly, it was so fun and funny to analyze everybody coming in the door, you know, and you see them walking in and they're like looking around. They're like all like kind of, you know, scared. They're not really sure. They're like, hmm. And they're looking like, are you here for it? Oh no. Are you, is that woman? You know, and I could tell there was people looking like, okay, is she here? you know and they're just kind of like standing around the bar a little bit you know probably wondering like okay if she gets up i'm gonna talk to her (laughs) and i saw this one guy and a couple of guys come in and look around and realize like okay so this is what these are people who are in it these are people who are not in it stand there for a minute and just be like no fuck this and they leave and so i was kind of watching that then you see the thing starting and the women definitely were outnumbering the men which was is like never a good thing. <laughs> never. I mean, honestly, that's when I would have checked out if I was really there for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Is that that's never a good thing. I mean, it, it's probably better if the men outnumber the women. <laughs> yeah, I, I can agree with that. It gets a little weird because there's always going to be that like commando like cassandra coming in you know looking for the man of her dreams and look you can't compete with that Uh, that is true because she don't she's not gonna quit and (laughs) she is she's gonna do anything she can to get that guy or if the guy the guy that she thinks you want or if the guy's trying to talk to you so this is just like you might as well just like sit there and let it be maybe even just pat you know he asked for your number over here you give it to him you're like hey buddy i'll talk to you later because she will make sure that she talks to him the whole night and even tries to leave with him yeah (laughs) you got a point you really do (laughs) i'm like but yeah it, it was it was pretty funny like uh to watch and i think they were doing it I want to say they were doing it like more like two nights in a row. I'm pretty sure I participated in watching the next night. Wow. Yeah. It was just like, man, you know, like it was something for me to do. (laughs) That's an (laughs) awesome thing to do for sure. Yeah. And then I just talked to the bartender for, we just talking a long time and it was fun. (laughs) So my last interview question for you is, 2023 is definitely going to be an epic year for you. What do you have planned for 2023? Is it going to be shoots and doing content? Do you have any big projects in store? Are you going to try and get to some conventions or is it just ride this wave and see where it takes you? So it's like all of the above. 
So I think the main thing that I'm focusing on right now as we speak is getting a support, more support for my OnlyFans and making content. I need like assistance, like in person, mm. like somebody who's going to like go with me. Like, let's say if I would have had one for Avian, that would have been amazing. And I probably would have made it through maybe X biz and not ran home the first night if I had like support yeah. with that, you know? So I feel like that's my first and foremost focus right now everything's always there you know like i'll be doing some whatever pro scenes like come up and and a lot of it's going to be me tending to me and focusing on working out being healthy and making sure that my mental health is good because last year was just so much with the move um, from Texas to Vegas that consisted of so much of the year, so much of my time and energy. I put so much into that. And I mean, when I think back, I'm like, wow, I think I do move mountains, um, that I was able to accomplish all that on my own, even down to like moving items by myself, you know, from another state. So I think that most of the year I didn't get to work out if it wasn't retaining to that, it was that I had to go to work. And so I, I just lost a lot of like, you know, like I need to get my facials. I need to go to the gym. I need to go to the sauna regularly. Like I need to take care of myself. And, and then I also need like breaks, you know? So I'm really excited and looking forward to this trip to Hawaii next month. <laughs> well, I am jealous that you are going back to Hawaii and I'm thrilled to see what happens for you if all goes as planned i hope hopefully this could be like my first youtube video i wanted it to be at avn but that didn't work out the way that i had planned um so maybe it'll be my first youtube video but i'm definitely going to be blasting social media with whatever i'm doing you know and i'm going to be taking my own pictures i, I was actually going to see if i could maybe potentially find like a photographer out there but We'll see. I got my little uh, reflector light and my camera and tripod. It works out pretty well sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, right. Well, Get the right lighting, you know. Exactly. I wish you nothing but the best for 2023 and beyond. This has been so much fun in getting to know you. I don't know if you believe that this is bad luck or not, but I want to say uh, happy early birthday because your birthday is coming up uh, on February 14th. No, it's not. I don't, I don't believe in bad luck. I do believe in karma. Oh, okay. <laughs> but Excellent. thank you. You are uh, very welcome. Yeah, that's, that's actually when I'm going to Hawaii. Oh, so fantastic. <laughs> So one more time before I let you go, can you please tell everybody where they could find everything you are online and on social media? Instagram is MS Jenna star and then Jenna, the star on Twitter, OnlyFans, and TikTok. And then of course I have my porn hub. That was a whole thing, uh, getting that put together. Um, but that's obviously Jenna Star on Pornhub. Yay! Fantastic. So once again, thank you so much for your time, and I can't wait to see what the future holds. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.